The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. G'day and welcome to the latest episode of The Print Files from Print21, the podcast series for the Australian and New Zealand print industries. This episode brought to you by The Curry Group. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print21 Media Hub and host of The Print Files. And today, I'm delighted to welcome Kelly Northwood, Chief Executive Officer of the Industry Employers Group Print and Visual Communication Association. Kelly, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Kelly, the year's barely started and we've seen some great results from PVCA actions. Uh, perhaps we can start by talking about apprentices. We were all overjoyed in uh, the PVC offices when we received notice that the apprentices were put back on on the priority list. Um, when uh, we were advised seven of our apprentices some 18 months ago were removed and then six months after that, another two. So that saw all nine across our industry struck off. We were devastated. It did take some time and um, we fought very hard with government. Not a stone was unturned and it was great news to release uh, earlier this year that all nine are back on the uh, a priority listing. Okay, and what's, what did it mean when the government, the previous government, removed the print apprentices from the AAPL list? What was, what was the impact of that or what could be the impact of that on the industry? Why did PBCA fight so hard against it? Well, firstly, um, the the previous government um, was uh, developed with the department um, a skills jobs commission that looked at the priority listing and then gave advice. Um, Unfortunately, that methodology, um, despite commitments from government at the time, did not include consultation with industry. We were not consulted on any level um, and nor were the other two signatory parties. So PVCA, AI Group and AMWU, the union, are the three signatories across the awards. No one was consulted um, and we were all struck off. The process or the methodology included things like counting uh, how many job advertisements were on seek.com.au, counting uh, really basic uh, processes that just aren't relevant to our industry and certainly didn't include consultation. So we had real issue with with the methodology and, and wrote in as such and then started that pathway of how to amend that methodology and change it, which we now have. Um, and part of that process started with a ministry discretionary ruling that was declined by the minister, unfortunately. Uh, so we had to keep going. And that's when we surveyed members and we got the data ourselves. Okay. And why? what does it mean for a print business or an apprentice and the industry as a whole if print apprentices are not on the AAPL, not on the list? Well, it's a, it means none of the subsidies. So no government support is offered to either the um, employer or the apprentice. So you may recall the former Treasurer of Frydenberg release, this is probably one that was most noted, uh, a $5,000 payment to apprentices. If you're not on the priority list, that was would not be forthcoming to apprentices. So all their costs associated with setting up their apprenticeship, for example, there'd be no government subsidies. It also leads to uh, some limitations to TAFE funding. Uh, we already have enough limitations across skills and training for our industry, but it does reduce those um, opportunities for funding from the TAFEs. And for the employers, there's no wage subsidies um, available to you if you put on an apprentice. Um, These are all things that allow our industry, whilst facing a lot of other challenges post the pandemic, plus other challenges across 
the diversification of media for our industry. These subsidies allow us to invest in the next generation um, of, of skilled labour. Uh, we have an ageing workforce. We must invest in the next generation. Otherwise, we will run out of uh, skilled labour in, in the next 11 years. So I guess in the race, in the competition for the scarce resource of talented young people, prints in competition with every other industry in the country, uh, if the apprentices aren't on the list, if I'm a young person, I'm going to look at paying or not being subsidised to go into print or being subsidised to go into another industry. Well, for many young people, that's going to force my choice, isn't it? And to well, the detriment exactly of the print right. industry. Exactly right. It's another blow um, or, you know, for our, another obstacle for our industry, um, for apprentices. But we also, this is part of a much more holistic program and something the PVCA is, is uh, focusing on this year, and I hope to make more announcements throughout the year about this, is we don't have a strong school leavers program for our industry. We don't have, uh, you know, at all the school leavers expos, we are not present uh, we need to be present. Um, we need to also have a, a more structured and unified training program. It's different state to state. Some are getting much better. Regional um, apprentices aren't getting very much support. Metro is. So we, there is a more holistic problem that we need to address. Um, I think the first point, first starting point was to get us back on the list, and that's important, get our data into government, which was also well received. Um, the government does now have a proper briefing of our industry needs. Um, start getting onto some of the advisory uh, councils across skills and training, which we're also doing, um, and that's part of the appointment of Charles Watson as our GMIR policy and governance. So the next part will be how can we get involved with organisations like OSSIP and IBSA and get into those school leaver programs and how can we then also with IBSA address uh, the training issues. Some TAFEs, um, you know, New South Wales, Victoria have great programs. The other states are falling behind. So we need to, as an association, um, de deliver a better program for all of our members and the industry because we do know we need to get more skills and training and, and more skilled labour up front. And to your point, every industry right now is facing challenges of skilled labour and skilled labour retention. So sometimes you'll have some skilled labour, but then they might go to the mines because there's a better dollar price and that's every industry is facing as we are also. So we need to make attractive um, environments and part of that is training our members and industry also about how to attract the next generation. How we manage Gen Zs is not the same as how we manage Gen Xs and so on or the baby boomers. They need different type of communication style. They need different types of flexible working arrangements. They think differently about their uh, work and their career. It's not, um, you know, a career for 30 years. It's a three-year process. So we need to really train our members as well on how to um, make sure that we're building a really strong next-generation workforce as well. Yeah, well, it's so good to see because, as we know, print actually offers young people a fantastic career uh, opportunities for, you know, you can work in your own startup, your own two-person startup. You can go and work for a giant corporate. You can work. You can work on on the floor. You can work in management, sales. You can work, work with new technology. You can develop old crafts. For for most young people, uh, print offers a, a great deal, and uh, it's really good to heartening to see PVCA is looking at it in a holistic way, in terms of attraction, recruitment, retention, training. 
uh, and and promotion. How how exactly did PBCA persuade the government department to change its mind? Because that's not an easy thing to do for anybody. Well, I'm always incredibly naive, I think, with government lobbying because I think things make perfect sense and common sense it just should apply. However, uh, Canberra is a different beast and sometimes what I think is a perfectly logical approach, um, I have been disappointed a couple of times once with um, Keep Me Posted and then this approach, we thought simply uh, the first step would be to uh, appeal to the government, to the minister, uh, Minister O'Connor's discretionary um, oversight and that once we presented our arguments, um, he would uh, uh, overrule with some urgency and immediacy. Unfortunately, politics is politics and uh, we had to then go through three different departments and processes um, and the Minister did decline to um, use his discretionary rulings. That said, the Minister's Chief of Staff um, was absolutely amazing in helping us facilitate. We did go through all the departments one department, you know, um, the department D, so it's education and skills. It essentially they put forward their methodology and then we have to go through bureaucratic processes to challenge that. And some of it's quite legal uh, and we rely on the constitution and the law under the Act. So um, it's not as simple as this makes sense, you've got it wrong, let's change it, I wish. Um, and I, I do applaud Charles Watson again, as I've said um, a couple of times now, on public record for being so dogged and determined. He is a qualified lawyer, so it helps to have that uh, legal uh, skill in in the PVCA skill set, and uh, we went through all of the process. Wrote in each towards each methodology, we wrote um, the arguments. And we really got down to this final piece, which the, uh, the departments uh, said, we'll have to wait another 12 months because you don't have uh, current industry data. So we immediately uh, <laughs> issued out an industry skills survey and over one of the busiest times for our printers, you know, the festive season is a very busy time. Um, and uh, it was issued just before November and we had to get results back in by the 3rd of January. You know, it couldn't be uh, more difficult, but this is what's so amazing and I've always said it about our members and industry more broadly. We are incredibly resilient. We roll up our sleeves and get things done and uh, we had terrific responses. Everyone was in on time. I had people following me up over Christmas, which was fantastic. Did you get mine? Um, so it really was something that was important to our members to get to get back on that priority listing. And we also had a lot of non-members submit, which was terrific as well. It's an industry matter and we are the, the peak body for the industry, so we show leadership there. Um, but we got that data in and the data was overwhelming. Uh, we've got people, you know, putting job applications in and waiting 11 weeks before they get close to filling it. 76% uh, of our respondents and in industry have vacancies they can't fill. So this, the stats really supported what we had been communicating into the department and, and that was the final, um, you know, nail in the coffin, if you like, and, and that really was overturned very quickly then from Dees, which was terrific. Yeah, it was a very interesting survey. I've obviously read the results of it. Um, as you say, 76% of print businesses have got one or two vacancies. I think it's 50% or thereabouts are waiting more than 15 weeks for them to be filled. And one of the more interesting results, which gets back to your point earlier about the need for training, uh, was that 94%, according to the survey of applications that came in, uh, weren't actually suitable in terms of their training or experience for the job, which delays the process of print businesses taking on people even more. 
That's right. I mean, we all, as industry-wide as we know, everyone is is fighting for skilled labour and we're all being very flexible. But that statistic really shows the shortage, the skills shortage across our industry, where 94% aren't qualified to the level of the job um, advertisement requires. That means that we either are employing um, the wrong or the semi-trained or half-trained, so then having to ad- require that requires additional training on behalf of the company. And there are a lot of uh, companies that are being flexible in that regard because that's the times um, and employing on on can, on skill on basic skill and what you can upskill. Um, which is a challenge to the industry because that requires more cost. Uh, so that was important to share with the department as well, and that is what will lead into discussions around TAFE and skills and training with IBSA. Uh, IBSA have picked up uh, that portfolio now, and print is sitting as its own, even though well, we, we have manufacturing, but manufacturing print, we've retained that independence rather than being grouped into the broader manufacturing beast, which is – just massive. You can imagine where we would get lost in that space. So we're very pleased that those arguments were heard by the Minister. IPSA is uh, something that PVCA sits on the board with and is involved in from the founding days. This is from the previous government put the training under the portfolio of PricewaterhouseCoopers, who we struggled with as an industry to really communicate the training and skills requirement at a grassroots level. Uh, so we're very happy that IBSA uh, is now re- reappointed and that the PVCA has, has a seat on that board, whereas we didn't historically with PwC. Oh, it's terrific, Kelly. It all seems like it, it's things are actually moving in the right direction, or at least you've got the platform to move things in the right direction on that whole training and, and skill issue now, which is which is so good to see. Perhaps, um, I, I, well, as we know, our industry's workforce is an aging workforce, so it's a crucial to attract young people into the industry, not only to replace the aging ones, but also to benefit from their innovation uh, and their vision. Curry Group's 2023 training courses are now available and open for registration. Curry Group offers a wide range of training courses across the company's extensive product portfolio. Courses range from greenfield through to experienced operators and production managers. The courses can also be designed to suit a company's specific needs, including practical examples of your typical work. Courses are held at regularly scheduled intervals in our fully equipped demonstration centre or on site. With our comprehensive training curriculum and hands-on practice, we provide the knowledge and skills necessary to utilise the full capabilities of our product portfolio. For more information, email Curry Group info at currygroup.com.au And perhaps we can move on to another great victory that Prince had, uh, which was with the voice referendum. When, when the voice, when it was announced, the government said, we're not going to have a, a pamphlet. First time in its 100-year history of referendums, there's been no pamphlet. I, I know that you uh, and others were obviously very concerned about that because it's 9.3 million pamphlets, 16, 32, however many pages. It will be lost to the industry, but not only for the loss to the industry, for the loss to the people that aren't digitally enabled. Um, perhaps you could talk us through what happened with that and, and again, how, you, how the government changed its mind and is now printing a leaflet. 
I think, uh, I think again, another, you know, government sometimes, you know, it's our role to educate and inform government uh, across the, the, the promotion or importance of our industry. And I think for some years perhaps we, we could have done that um, a little bit more targeted, in a more targeted manner. But some of the comments um, made by the Prime Minister uh, and government ministers around the voice and print pamphlets was just misinformed. Um, and, and certainly what we uh, fed into all of our uh, staffer connections, and, and we certainly didn't lead this. There were other um, organisations that led this, and we fed information through to our contacts. Um, was more about educating and informing ministers on all sides. Um, we probably worked a little tighter with the opposition on this one, but um, certainly on all sides, explaining that uh, information around uh, the societal balance that print provides. So print and the letterbox and mail and um, catalogues, magazines, newspapers, all of that uh, universe of print media it performs an important societal balance in Australia. We have high comprehension rates. Uh, it's um, something particularly around the voice. So um, Indigenous people are the most digitally excluded uh, of all Australian societies across all citizens. So removing the print piece from the people who are writing some legislation, referendum reforms across our constitution to not have the ability to read and understand those information or pieces of information with greater detail is a huge social imbalance and, and a huge um, disadvantage. Our most vulnerable citizens are the most digitally excluded. Uh, the people that uh, are not able to get access and to comprehend. We don't, we've only been reading off screens for a very short period of time if you consider the evolution uh, of, of human beings. And print is a very big and important piece of making sure that information is received comprehended and understood fully and um, to start sort of rushing ahead, whether it's voice pamphlets, digital receipts, all these other things that government seems to be rushing ahead and abandoning what is a very strong and relevant and important um, media channel, print, uh, is, is misguided, misinformed. And so what we communicated into the various elements or parts of government that we have connections with was the societal balance that print provides the importance of social inclusivity that print provides and the importance of comprehension of information that print provides all citizens, not just some citizens. And those some citizens who have the low, lowest um, digital division, so who have higher digital access, are the wealthy, metropolitan, university graduates. So there's a lot more to Australia than that small cohort and that, that was our arguments in. Yeah, and, and good that they actually received that uh, ultimately and good to see PVCA working with so many different organisations to get that message across. And, and it was really the same in COVID, wasn't it? You know, it was print that it was, that was the primary trusted method of communication despite the government's bubble wanting to get digital information out there. It's print that's received and trusted. Yeah, I think we, we, we certainly we talk about effectiveness with the marketers and retailers and brands for you know investment into the channels. And the research is consistently showing that print is the highest trusted Media of all media channels, print holds the greatest trust. Mail is one of the highest trusted and highest read by younger 
Gen Zs. So we, we have all of this information around um, how important our channel is. I think where print has perhaps sort of fallen into this defensiveness and it's one or the other, there there are so many, it's about 13 media channels we can invest in from TV to radio to magazines. So, it's not one or the other. Consumers walk fluidly through media and touch media in all different forms all day, every day. And this is what government also needs to understand, not just the people who are investing in our channels, but we as an industry must speak fluently about this as well and not defensively. And that's something certainly that, that uh, formerly TRMC worked closely on and will now transfer for those programs into the industry. Things like VOP and Two Sides, those campaigns will continue because and now have a wider audience under the merger, which is terrific because that's what we want our industry all to be singing from the same hymn sheet, if you like, um, and not defending. We have a very strong place in the future communications and visual media world um, of, of, our, of Australia and broader global society. So we just need to make sure we know what those um, statistics are and stop defending and start promoting. Well, one of the areas, one of the key areas that uh, I know that PVCA will be engaging with and that is of concern to the entire industry on that note is Australia Post. It's, uh, it's losing a million dollars a day on letters. It's continually saying, it's continually questioning the viability of it. The government's just released a discussion paper, which I, I guess uh, PVCA will be engaging with. Um, what, what's your view, Kelly, at PVCA on the relationship between Australia Post and, and the mail industry? Because when I talk to mailing companies, uh, mailing houses, sorry, they say they've never been busier uh, and, they're, and they're going great guns. But the mail, Auspost, says letters are on the way out. It's a, it's a conundrum. And one, printers feel kind of a bit, printer mail industry feel bewildered by Australia Post a lot of the time. How do you see that? I think, uh, I think the, when we talk about mail products or business mail products, what predominantly when we talk about mail houses or um, printers with mail um, you know, services, they often are sitting in more of a direct mail or promotional mail space. And the promotional mail space, that those figures are quite stable. So that's where you're hearing that feedback. And they're quite rightly saying, hang on a minute, we're doing really well. This doesn't correlate. The other sector, which is that pre-sort bills and um, bills and statements sector, transactional mail, it used to be called in my old uh, mailing loyalty program days, that transactional mail side is the largest bulk uh, and, and those volumes are in decline. And when the biggest, um, the largest um, sort of volumes are in decline, that impacts the overall numbers. So that's the first thing that we've got to sort of make sure in our discussions with government and even across the industry that we do segment the business mail into the right categories. Sometimes post, and, and we have had our, our uh, heated discussions around some of this stuff, sure. but sometimes post lumps it all into one and as an industry we want. We think there's a better way to have some clarity into what's going on with mail numbers, and it's important that we do look at the segments of business mail. That said, um, Australia Post is heavily regulated, and some of those regulations have been around for some decades. And we applaud the government consultation, um, Minister Rowland 
wrote to us uh, and outlined the reasons and even the communication from the minister, I welcome. It's open to discussion. It wants to develop a future-proof, a sustainable solution as opposed to previous consultations. We haven't really had that kind of communication from government before. Um, I also applaud, you know, Minister Rowland in the communications portfolio. Uh, I have worked with her on many committees across Mail. She has a deep understanding. Not all ministers often understand all of the elements of their portfolios, but but Minister Rowland has worked across all of the Australia Post Postal Service and regulations before, which will help us move quickly. Uh, we uh, are very keen to develop in this consultation process a stronger strategy that is more stable for business. We are assembling a male industry coalition uh, that will gather from our members and also some other male uh, male leaders and larger groups and association and we will put in a united industry submission to government on top of that essentially what, what we'll be developing with those roundtables is what are our core things that we need Your businesses and commercial businesses including retailers cannot live on every 12 months having price fluctuations for that one you could be point Three percent, and the next could be eleven percent, and the next. You can't budget around that. You can't prepare a capex to that. So we need some cons- consistency across business mail. We need to update the regulations that are costing Australia Post a lot of money, and we need to also look to what can, what will work for industry as far as um, obviously Australia Post has tabled deliverance delivery frequencies. So the Mail Industry Coalition. Let's get that. Get everyone together. Get our top three, our top six, whatever it might be but in a nice, clear, concise format for the government. And, and as I say, I couldn't be happier that Minister Rowland is leading this. Okay, well, that's good to hear again. So you're really fully engaged with Australia Post uh, and the government in that process, and hopefully we'll get to another good outcome. It's, as I've been looking at BBCA over the first couple of months this year, and we're seeing these really positive outcomes, it can't be any coincidence that since PVCA, since the merger, things are starting to happen and, and looking, there's clarity and communication. How It's been nine months, I think, now since, since the merger, Kelly. Um, how is it looking? How's PVCA sitting? How, what's your view on how, on how it's gone and how you're looking for the future? I think uh, it, it's any merger transition, it's a difficult process because it's step by step by step. Uh, however, we are very close to f- uh, finalising all of those steps, which is terrific. Um, the TRMC is all but wound up now. What was really good was to see uh, the TRMC members. I, I think uh, we had one member that um, raised some concerns around the merger, but all other members um, were applauding. And uh, so retention was in the 90s, in the 90%, 99-something percent, which is terrific. Uh, the PVCA membership uh, subscriptions that run annually to the calendar have been very, very successful also, again, up into the 80s. And, and so that's showing us that our members are on board with this. By and far, the majority of members are on board with this. We are seeing a lot of dormant members come back, which is terrific because they're seeing the activity. And uh, so since um, November last year, we've had significant increase in membership, which um, that's what we need to have. We need to have all of the industry. And, and we have been seeing about this since pack print one industry one voice united stronger together and uh, and we we as a 
Myself, the team and the board are very focused on that. What does the industry need? How can we invest in it? And then, as you say, what comes out of that are some of those wins that we've been seeing. And also, I hope, uh, what I'm trying to communicate today, we are across these matters now and thinking about them not just as a one-off, but, but right, the apprentices are back on. What else do we need to do? We need to get the apprentices in. We need to – so we have to be – I think now we've got this opportunity with the right team and probably probably need to still find one or two more resources, but get the team right to be able to deliver these things. Um, the membership is strong. Uh, we'll be getting close to that 1,000 uh, members in year one target and that's, that gives us more power as well to be able to go and have those discussions with government, but also gives us some more funding. So um, I often speak to any member out there who's who's paying other IR, you know, services, that's their profitable services. Every dollar that comes into the PVCA goes back into the industry. We're not for profit. So I encourage any any printer out there, this is my plug, uh, for new members that if you are using an online um, IR program or partnership, Generally, we're, we're more cost efficient, and, but we're also every dollar comes back into programs for the industry. And that's what we've really got to rebuild as well. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, I'd concur with that. PVCA now obviously is well set and offers a lot to print businesses, whether you're a big city printer or a small rural outfit. Uh, and also, Kelly, PVCA, it's not just for commercial printers, is it? You, you now uh, cover the kind of broad spectrum of the entire industry. Absolutely. We've got uh, commercial printers. Uh, we've, we've got a lot. We're doing a lot of work with the franchise uh, models, which are a bit different again. Um, we've opened up the mail sector over the past 12 months, and that will obviously still grow with this consultation we just discussed. But also the, um, the web printers, uh, print managers, and probably the strongest growth is in signage and packaging, actually, that we've seen in the recent quarter. Uh, so, you know, that's quite interesting with organisations who perhaps are diversifying, signage is growing, uh, packaging is growing, uh, and some of the work that we're doing. So, Two Sides will launch its packaging uh, program this year. So, some of those programs are reflected in what will be um, – they'll, re- they'll release what's reflected in some of the new membership we we often find and it was interesting we talked to we sort of talked about the merger before we went we surveyed people I interviewed people I had one on ones it's interesting as the membership is becoming more diverse I mean there's twenty six percent are agencies um, but what we we're finding is when we're talking about a name something simple as the name what are we going to call ourselves print wasn't the number one word um, okay. that kept coming to the fore we kept hearing media. Visual communications. So all this that shows a diversification of our industry. We are close to announcing a name. I'm not going to give you the scoop today, but we are close to announcing the name. But I think what what was sort of surprising, or well not surprising, because when you actually apply it to the membership or the diversification of the membership, it makes a lot of sense. But what was once a print industry association is now a far more diverse association because our industry has diversified for the better, um, for for more innovation, uh, for more profitability um, and for more sustainable growth. Fantastic. Kelly, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you as always. It was actually really good to hear about all the all the great things that you're involved in on a on a high level. And also of course you're able to offer those individual IR services to individual print businesses. On that note, we'll wrap up this episode of Print Files. Thanks to our sponsor, Curry Group. Thanks everyone for listening. We value your feedback as always. And thanks especially Kelly to you for sharing so clearly. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks to Curry Group for sponsoring. Great member. So well done to them as well. Now it's time for me, Wayne Robinson, to say goodbye from this episode of The Print Files. We look forward to you joining us next time. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print 21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.